Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Roushing to Judgment. Uh, keeping with the tradition I've established for a bit now, every episode with a multiple of five is uh, a little raunchy, a little dirty. Um, I don't think this is the most raunchy or dirty one. You know, it's not like the fucking... <laughs> uh, masturbation etiquette one I did a few episodes ago or the, you know, the bestiality one or anything like that. Um, you know, ironically, actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's possible we wouldn't even need to put the E on this one because it is just like hygiene. It's a, it's a hygiene, you know, sort of grooming advice episode. Uh, pretty sure I'm going to call it hygiene advice from a nasty boy. Um, but I think, you know, the way I'm nasty is more in my mind. Uh, I think I'm actually pretty hygienic and it's something I've cultivated very thoughtfully over the years. I think I have some pretty unique, interesting hygiene tips. Um, so I'm going to just be getting into that. So it is like, you know, dirty, I guess, because it's literally talking about like the human body and dirt, but it's not really, it's not necessarily raunchy. So this is one of the only like multiple of five episodes where there's some tiny little chance that maybe we won't need to put the E on it. But, you know, this is rational judgment. Chances are it's going to end up with that E on it if it's a multiple of five. Um, I mean, a lot of our episodes have the E on it, even if they're not multiples of five. So Let's just see what happens. I, I got my tips in mind, and I'm just going to take it in no particular order. Um, first one I want to talk about, because I've noticed that just a lot of people don't do this, and I think it is worth the investment, it's not so much money to spend, is that if you have a washer-dryer at home... Um, you know, which is likely depending on kind of the priorities you went for when getting wherever you live, um, you know, more likely if you live in a house, I'd say for apartments, it kind of depends on the area you're in, your income level, all kinds of things like that. Um, you can do this in public laundromats, you know, like, like laundromats where you're going there and you're paying for the machine and other people are there with you. But, you know, it's kind of even more of an expense if you do it that way. Uh, I am, of course, talking about cleaning your washer. And I know that sounds very basic, but again, a lot of people don't do it. They, they just use their washing machine over and 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 they assume like, well, it's a washing machine. Like, isn't it cleaning itself while it's cleaning the clothes? And I don't know, maybe if you're lucky or if you have some sort of amazing washing machine that can do that, then that's the case. But for all of the washing machines I've ever encountered, um, they don't clean themselves. They clean the clothes, but they don't uh, fully clean the drum or whatever you want to call it. So, um, you know, if you want the drum to be cleaned, which I recommend doing at least once a month, then you have to get washing machine 
tub cleaners and they're usually uh, tablets you can get. The one I get uh, is called Afresh, A-F-R-E-S-H. I get packets of it on Amazon because I usually can't find it in stores, which is frustrating to me. I feel like that should be a standard item in stores. Um, and you know, I'm not taking money from them. This isn't like a, like a deal I have with them or product placement or something like that. I don't, I I don't know a ton about how ethical the company is. I think that's something you should look into yourself if you have a concern about it. I just wasn't really able to find any other product that seemed reputable. Um, so I, uh, I get the Afresh tablets from Amazon. Usually I kind of lump it in with other stuff when I happen to be ordering it. And I get one or two of the uh, biggest sizes available. And they're just these big tablets and you um, just put them in your washer run your washer. If your washer, yeah, your washer might have a setting that's, um, for specifically for cleaning the tub, you know, maybe they'll call it tub clean or sanitize machine or something like that. So just look for that setting. If you have it, if you don't have that setting, I don't think there's a problem with just running it on permanent press or whatever the standard setting is and just not putting any clothes in. That's, don't put clothes in with the tub cleaner. Only the, the point of it is just to put the tub cleaning tablet in and that's it. Put the tub cleaning tablet in, run it with nothing else but the, the tub t- cleaning tablet. Um, and I think it's important because I actually found out about this when I happened to have, uh, I think it was an, I have to remember, no, LG. Yeah, I think it was an LG machine. Um, and it ended up smelling, uh, because I wasn't using the tub cleaning tablet and, uh, I actually found out it was part of like a class action lawsuit and that there were problems with that particular machine. But then I looked into it more and I realized like, oh, this just can happen with any washer. Like any washer can develop bacteria that actually can be harmful to you to the point where, you know, people would do a class action lawsuit, right? Um, So, uh, yeah, I think doing a tub clean is worth it at least once a month. I, like, that whole experience I went through, like, made me kind of paranoid about it. So I do it after every weekend. Because every weekend I, like, I do our laundry um, my wife helps too, but like, that's kind of one of my main chores I like to handle. So I do it every weekend. And after I do all of the loads of everything for our entire household that needs to be done in that weekend, then I do the tub clean after to kind of reset it for next time. Um, and it's been really nice. Like it's not that much of an expense and you know, the washer, doesn't smell bad, which is great. And, um, you know, it just feels more hygienic to me. Uh, and I recommend doing it. Like, I think especially if you're in a household where you're sharing a washer dryer with a lot of people and maybe they're not people you're like 
in a relationship with or related to or anything like that, you know, it can just psychologically feel kind of good. Like you're kind of breaking up sort of the residue of their stuff versus your stuff. Um, and I think it, for the same reason, it might be something that you want to do, uh, if you use a laundromat, you know, I, and again, yeah, that's, that's extra money, right? Like you're going to have to run it. People might be annoyed with you because that's like extra time you're using the machine and it's not for your clothes, but you know, just if the thought of like using these machines that a lot of strangers have used and you don't know if the owners are doing tub cleaning, or anything like that, I, I would guess that they're not because they're not really incentivized to. Um, yeah, then, you know, I think it's, uh, it's worth doing. And yeah, that is one of my big hygiene tips I recommend to a lot of people. Um, and I think most people don't do it. And that's fine. I'm not judging them for that. But I think it, you know, at least psychologically, there is some benefit to doing that. And it's, and it's not a huge expense. So that is one of my hygiene tips. Another one of my hygiene tips is uh, using hydrogen peroxide for certain purposes. I know, Some people use alcohol. I feel like alcohol is kind of intense and painful. So, you know, if you don't mind that, I guess that's fine. But I've found that hydrogen, per, uh, hydrogen peroxide, excuse me, works great for like, if you have a pimple and you don't want to wait for it to like dissipate or, or you're worried it's not going to dissipate, but you're also worried that if you pop it, it's just going to come back. Uh, I would pop it, sort of try to, you know, really drain it gently as much as you can and then get a Q-tip pour hydrogen peroxide into uh, a cap that it comes with. So you have a little pool of it there. Soak the Q-tip for a few seconds in that little pool in the cap of hydrogen peroxide, and then use the Q-tip to gently, you know, really get the hydrogen peroxide into that oil well left behind by you popping the pimple. And if it works, you'll, you'll feel... It shouldn't be painful, but you'll feel like a little bit of a slight sting and you might see some bubbling. Um, and that's part of how you know it's working. So I would just kind of leave it to bubble for a minute or two, maybe more if it's like a really big kind of, you know, pour, uh, and then just wipe that down with a tissue and then try not to touch it for a while. Just give it some space to heal it has worked for me many times. It has worked for many people I know. Um, I feel like maybe my mom taught me that one. I can't remember, but um, sounds like something she might have taught me. Another one, and I think this is something I might have just tried myself and it worked really well, is cleaning your belly button. A lot of people don't clean their belly button like, like ever. And I know for mine that if I don't clean it for too long, it gets pretty gross. Like, you know, this, a lot of gunk accumulates and, um, you know, you have to be careful because the belly button is a very sensitive area, but the way I like to do it is again, soak that Q-tip in hydrogen peroxide, gently, gently 
clean, you know, swab around the area and you'll see, you know, little bits of grit come out. Uh, and then when you're done, just soak it uh, or sorry, uh, wipe it down with something gentle like a tissue. And, uh, you know, if you have a partner and, and you, you two enjoy kind of grooming each other, which I think is very healthy and normal for partners to do, I think it can be a nice way to just show, um, you know, love and affection for each other. Maybe that's something that they'll be willing to do for you. So yeah, just generally, I think hydrogen peroxide is uh, something useful to have around the house. Some people use it as like a surface cleaning supply as well. It's just useful for lots of different things. Um, so uh, another tip is that um, I've noticed that a lot of people... Uh, you know, they, they clean themselves, they scrub themselves down when they're in the shower with some sort of um, disposable, like, loofah or a, a brush or something like that. And similar to how you're supposed to replace your toothbrush pretty frequently, like I think at least once every couple of months, um, because you can't, you know, I mean, the bristles wear out. Even if you think there's a way to clean the bristles, like they wear out, it's not going to be as effective as it was. But I think especially for something like a shower brush, where there's a risk of it being exposed to mold and stuff like that. Uh, I've noticed people hold on to those things way too long. Like someone will have the same shower brush for like years or something. And I really advise against that. Um, you know, again, it can get to a point where maybe even if the brush is still exfoliating you, well, okay, now it's developed all this like gunk and bacteria on it that you're just putting on yourself when you use it. Um, so I, I think it's good just to throw those out a bit more often. And I also recommend, uh, alternatives to the typical, um, sort of non-biodegradable loofah or shower brush. Uh, I love this product called the Ayate washcloth or, uh, Ayate bath strip. Um, that's A-Y-A-T-A. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's made from agave leaves and, um, I like it because, and I, I mean, the place uh, I get it from is called Public Goods. Um, I used to work there. For a while, I didn't really recommend uh, buying anything from there necessarily because, you know, I knew the founder and he was just one of the, the well, probably the biggest piece of shit I've met in my whole life. Um, I mean, just look at the Glassdoor reviews and you can see that it's not just my opinion. But... Recently, I learned that he was forced to step down, and I saw him as the root of pretty much everything wrong with the company, so I feel more comfortable recommending it now. Um, so yeah, public goods. I mean, they have this bullshit membership that you probably won't want to pay, but if you do end up being okay paying it, uh, they, they really do have a lot of amazing products, and I, I still buy from them. Um, so I like the Ayate washcloth because it comes from these natural ingredients and 
it's easier to see it getting dirtier as you're using it and kind of wearing down. So it kind of gives you a natural reminder to toss it every once in a while. Um, and also it is fully compostable because it's made from agave fibers, right? It's not like a plastic brush with like nylon bristles or like one of those loofahs that maybe, you know, looks kind of like it's organic, but really it's plastic or it has plastic in it. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend trying something like that. Like it feels nice, you know, it, it, it smells nice too. And then you can kind of, the smell also is a way for you to tell if you're using it for too long and then you can just compost it. So you don't have to be contributing to landfills. Um, go check out my composting. Uh, oh wait, you know what? No, I haven't done the composting episode yet. I'm going to do a composting episode and then you can check that out. Um, maybe that'll be up by the time you listen to this. So composting is a big thing for me. I do it all the time. So that kind of ties in, you know, with my hygiene etiquette is it's better if you can use things to clean yourself that can be compostable, right? Like cotton swabs, that's all cotton. Tissues are, you know, it's just paper. You can compost that. Um, same with the Ayate washcloth or Ayate bath strip from public goods or from other brands. I'm, I'd imagine other brands are, are probably doing that by now as well. But public goods is the place I know of. Um, and I don't have any kind of deal with them. Like, obviously... I didn't have a good relationship with the founder when I was there. I don't think it's a business that I would be able to have a deal with, even if I wanted to. Um, anywho, uh, yes, that is another hygiene tip that I think is, um, you know, not something you would hear too often, maybe a little bit more unique to my, uh, you know, hygiene philosophy. Um, I think another one is uh, using tweezers to try to get either ingrown hairs or hairs where you can tell that there's some irritation starting to happen and it's either like starting to become ingrown or it's going to like lead to a pimple or something like that. You know, hairs are like a huge cause of pimples. So that's something I've noticed that Maybe people could do a bit more. It's just if you see, like whether you're shaving your legs, face, uh, you know, whatever it is, and you happen to see kind of a hair that is sort of attached to something that looks like a pimple could form, yeah, I think it's worth just plucking it, you know. The, I don't think plucking, as long as you don't do it too much, I don't think it's bad for you and... Um, you know, and for me, it's kind of satisfying in the same way that if you pop a pimple, it's like you might find satisfaction and seeing the, you know, a little goo and pus squirt out. Or if you get a really good blackhead or whitehead or something like that, seeing that that nugget come out. It's kind of similar with um, with hair plucking where the hair, like if you guess correctly and you definitely were preventing some sort of acne It'll have some sort of nugget or sort of like coating on it or like a little nugget on the tip or something like that. And to me, that's satisfying. I think it's a nice little hygiene thing you can do every once in a while. 
Um, another hygiene thing I recommend for people, uh, I ended up having to do it because I have abnormally thick earwax. Um, so if I don't get my ear suctioned out like two or three times a year, then I start to get like aches in my ears because it just gets so dense with wax. But I think even if you don't have that problem, just going to an ENT, you don't even need to go to some like fancy spa or something like that where you're paying like some crazy amount of money. Like you can go to an ENT, you know, uh, even if you have like kind of mediocre, you know, Aetna health insurance like I do, you don't have to have some amazing health insurance and maybe you'll have like a $50 copay or a $70 copay or or maybe more than that, but I think that would probably still be less than what you would have to pay at like a spa type place. Um, And just ask them to just be like, hey, can you check in my ears? Just suction out any, uh, you know... Um, or, or use a curette to take out any excessive wax that might be uh, obstructing my hearing or causing tension or whatever it is. Um, and, and they'll do it. I don't see why they wouldn't. So that's a big tip I recommend. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at my notes here to see if there's any other big things I want to recommend. Um, Oh, well, I think most people do this, but not everyone. I've, okay, I've seen some men who are like so, I guess it's like a sort of internalized homophobia thing where they like don't clean their buttholes as much as they should because they don't want to like touch a man's butthole, like even if it's their own, I, I would try to get over that if you can, cause it's an important area to clean. You know, you'll have like dingleberries and stuff from your underwear. Um, and you know, you want to be able to just get that stuff out of there, you know, kind of bend over, spread your cheeks in the shower, get some water washing through there. Um, yeah, that. That's one I, I, like, legit, I have seen people not do that. Um, And if you feel weird about, like, touching your butt, I would just do it as, like, the last thing you do in the shower, you know? Or if it's not the last thing you do, just, like, use the bar soap in your shower or hand soap or whatever it is to wash your hands uh, in between the booty scrub down and the rest of your body, especially if you're going to be like touching your face afterward. Um, so yeah, recommend that. Um, oh, also like, yeah, again, I've met people who just like, don't really do this, like get between your toes when you shower, like definitely do that. Just feet in general, like soap between your toes using the little like nail, um, you know, toe gunk cleaner thing when you clip your nails to get the gunk out. I think getting a pedicure every once in a while is fine. Again, I think that tends to get sort of gendered and men feel like that's not something they should be doing. But I don't think it's like that big of an expense if you're doing it like 
once a year um, or, or even a few times a year, right? Um, I haven't done a manicure. I just, I feel like my fingers generally are in good shape and I, I don't really need that, but I'm not opposed to it either. You know, if like, if someone was like, oh, you should get a manicure. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll try it at least once. Um, so that is one. Another tip. Um, oh, uh, yeah, this is a big one. I mean, I alluded to it earlier, but definitely replace your toothbrush like at least a few times a year, if not like once a month or once every two months. You know, maybe if you go to the dentist a few times a year, they give you a free toothbrush so you don't really need to use it, uh, need to think of it as an expense. Um, which is really nice. Oh, and also, uh, what, just while we're like on the topic of, you know, dental hygiene and everything, um, if you're able to get silk floss instead of plastic floss, I recommend it because with the silk floss, you can compost it. Um, I'll admit it's not quite as easy to use as the plastic floss, but it's just nice that, you know, it's not like another piece of waste that's being created that cannot possibly be composted and probably is not going to be recycled or, you know, it's, it's just going to go to a landfill. Um, big tip I want to give, and you know what, this one is so good. I probably should have started with it, but, but, uh, I appreciate you if you're hanging in there with me still cleaning your electronic devices. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people have never, ever cleaned their phone, like, like ever, uh, even though they use it when they're on the toilet and when they, whatever, right? Even though it's getting lots of food particles on it, it's getting a lot of earwax bits on it when you're, um, you know, all that good stuff, right? So I recommend cleaning your electronic devices. Uh, I do this once a week. I get a microfiber cloth. I wet the microfiber cloth with cold water. And then I use the microfiber cloth to gently wet the device. And of course, it, it is turned off when I do this. Um, and just on the surface, you know, like I'm not soaking it. Like just surface, you know, wet wiping with the microfiber cloth. And then I take a clean microfiber cloth and gently polish it down, get as much dirt off of it as I can. I do this with my phone and my computer. And when I'm playing it, uh, the, uh, switch, the, um, you know, Nintendo switch we have at home. So I recommend doing that with any electronic device, uh, you use super often, um, especially if you are a uh, toilet smartphone user, you know, you're using your smartphone or your gaming device, computer, whatever it is while you're on the toilet, which I do, I admit that, but that's part of why I clean it more often. Um, and then like, if you've had the same phone or computer or whatever it is for like ages, and it seems like it's not going anywhere, you're going to have it for another however many years, might be worth going to uh, like an electronics cleaner specialist and seeing how much they can get 
from it, you know, especially um, if you know someone who knows how to clean, like uh, headphones, AirPods, you know, the wired earbuds, things like that, where literally like so much of your earwax and grit and stuff from your ears is just being pounded into it over time. Um, yeah, let me just look through my notes again and see if there's anything else. Um, well, I think dusting, I mean, I think just generally a lot of people forget to do dusting of a lot of surfaces, um, in their place. So that might be something for you to think of, uh, I guess that's not like a body hygiene thing, but you, you know, if you have allergies, um, it can really help a lot. Uh, especially if it's like a surface that is going to be coming into contact with your body. And yeah, I think, uh, I'm probably, probably going to wrap it up there. I can't think of any other major, major hygiene tips I have that are like really, you know, unique or something that I've seen a lot of people forget. I think everything else, like you've probably heard it from your mom or the internet or a friend or a roommate or, um, you know, any kinds of number of people like that. Um, well, you know, maybe I'll end with this. I guess this is like a little bit separate from hygiene, but related. Um, just try to check the ingredients on the personal hygiene products you use. See if you can get products that do not have um, known hormone disrupting chemicals. Uh, you can just look up a list of chemicals that do that. Um, sulfates are nice to avoid, more for the environment. Um, but they can be kind of rough for you too. Like sulfates can be kind of um, kind of harsh, like unnecessarily harsh. Uh, yeah, I and I, I think that's you know a good policy to have. Um, oh, and I guess if you're like me and you have a lot of nose hair, then I recommend. Uh, <laughs> um, just trimming your nose hair occasionally. So again, I, this isn't to say that I'm like, you know, an expert or the most hygienic person in the world. I just feel like I do a lot of things that a lot of people don't that are like pretty logical if you want to be clean and just avoid sort of bacteria buildup situations. So anyway, I will leave you with that. Uh, yeah, if you want to support this podcast as usual, you can buy either one of my novels, Teach Me How to Die or The Last of the Mentally Ill, both available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and a bunch of other online platforms that are lesser known. Maybe in a bookstore. They, they have been in bookstores. I don't know which ones. I just have this analytics that has told me that occasionally bookstores have stocked them. Um... So maybe you'll see it in a bookstore. And remember, you can donate directly on Spotify. You can, uh, you know, do a one-time donation or you can support monthly by becoming a Patreon member. Um, you know, I have a PayPal too. All kinds of different ways you can support 
this business I'm trying to build. And yeah, stay tuned. Uh, I don't know what episode 26 is going to be off the top of my head, but there are a few different topics I have had floating around. Um, like I think, uh, let's see. Well, you know, I'll just leave it a mystery to you. See you then. Adios.